Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We're talking today about adding godliness. Have you ever got a toy model car or a radio controlled car or something like that and you look on the box and you see what a beautiful end product it's going to look like. It's all shiny and you may have seen a video advert for the car where it's driving around and the kids are all excited. There were a number of times when my children were small when we got these radio controlled cars and I looked at the box and I saw the final product and I had seen a little video clip of the car and I thought this is going to be great. And without going through the instructions, I tried to put together the car to look like the final product. Have you ever done that? Maybe it's not a car, maybe it's a dress you're making or a computer program you're trying to install or whatever it is. We like to go to the end result, we look at the final product and we think, I know better than the instructions, I'm just going to produce what the end product should look like. Do you know that we do that as Christians? The final product of our Christianity is godliness, which means being like God, being absorbed with God, but then shining God out to other people. Romans 8 verses 28 onwards says that God chose us so that we would be conformed to the image of his son. The end result is for us to look like Jesus, to think like Jesus, to portray Jesus to the world, and that's godliness. In 1 Timothy 3 verse 16, Paul says the mystery of godliness is great. And then he describes Jesus, how he became a human, how he did his ministry, how he was taken back up to heaven. So godliness is us being like Jesus and displaying God to the world. It's the end product. It's like the radio controlled car, all beautiful and shiny, the final result. But many of us as Christians don't want to go through the process to get to godliness. We see godliness in the Bible or maybe in other Christians or maybe just from our own thoughts and ideas of what godliness is like and what Jesus is like and what God is like. And we say, I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to be godly. I'm going to show people what God is like. And we jump to step five instead of going through steps one to four. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, he shows us the steps and we see that godliness is not the first thing we should do. In verse 5 of chapter 1, he says, For this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So faith is what you have as a believer. You don't add it. It's already there if you're a Christian. The Bible says God gave you a measure of faith, but we're also told, told that our faith can increase more and more. So faith is something God gives but it can grow. But that's the first starting point, faith. And later on, he says, you already have all your sins forgiven. So we start from a place of faith, of receiving God's love. It's all God who does it. The verses before say that God called us. His divine power has given us already everything we need for life and godliness. So we start with just believing, receiving by faith. But then he says, uh, add to your faith virtue. And we've said in a previous talk that virtue is wanting 
what God wants, having God's desires and his heart and wanting good. So it starts with a want deep on the inside. We quoted uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, which say that God works in you. He's already put in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. He's put this want in you. But then it says in verse 12, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He's put it in you, but it's got to work out. And it starts with virtue. And we spoke about how we change our hearts to want what God wants. Then he says, add knowledge which is um, the details of how to be like God. So, so virtue is like the desire of wanting to be like God. Uh, knowledge is the details of how do I be like God? And we've got to renew our minds. And we, we spent a talk looking at how we change our minds and our thinking. Then he says, to knowledge adds self-control. Um, this is the decision, the the deciding where I am going to do this. Self-control, where you exercise your will. And we're working towards godliness, which is the beautiful end product, looking like Jesus, but it takes some steps. And if we bypass some of these steps, we don't get the end product. If we think I know better than the instruction manual, I'm going to just do without self-control. I'm going to do without knowledge. I'm going to do without virtue. We don't get to the end result. And then he says, to self-control and perseverance. This is the determination. So we've got the desire, the details, the decision, the determination that I'm going to keep going. And this means going for days and days and days. It takes time. I don't know if you have ever had this experience of starting early on Christmas morning, trying to build the model or the, whatever the thing is that you're trying to build for your child, reading the instructions, trying your hardest, and by two o'clock that afternoon, you still haven't finished. It takes perseverance, determination. It takes time. You can't get to godliness overnight. It's got to work itself out with fear and trembling. A person who's been a Christian for a few days, weeks, or even months doesn't understand all the ups and downs that can come to you as a believer. And so perseverance is a vital step. What is perseverance? It means I am in this for the long run, for the long haul. I am not going to give up. You might say, how do I know if I have perseverance? How do I know if I have this determination to keep going? Well, let me ask you three questions, and this will help you to understand perseverance. The first question is, what temptation could the devil give you that would cause you to give up your Christianity? What thing? Would it be 10 million pounds in the bank, a fancy car, the perfect job, the, the, the woman or man of your dreams, um, the the lusts of your flesh just available to you, drugs, whatever it is. What could the devil tempt you with that would cause you to give up your salvation? You say, well, how does that show me if I have perseverance? If you have decided in your heart, it doesn't matter what the devil tries to tempt me with. I am serving the Lord. That's determination. That was the first question. Second question, what bad thing could happen to you that would cause you to turn away from the Lord? What bad thing? Would it be a terrible disease, a terrible tragedy, uh, something horrible happening to you, a loss of everything? What bad thing 
would happen? How bad would it have to get for you to say, I'm giving up Christianity? And when you've decided that it doesn't matter what happens to me, do you remember the three Hebrew boys in Daniel? The king wanted to throw them into the furnace and they said, our God is able to set us free. But even if he doesn't, we will never bow our knee to serve you. They said, no matter what bad thing happens, God is able to save us from bad things, but we don't understand everything. And so no matter what bad things happens, bad thing happens. You know, history is full of heroes of our faith. William Tyndale. Um, there, there are many. The, the Czechoslovakian man who decided that we need to translate the Bible and he was put to death for it. William Tyndale, the same thing. Um, there were many, many all through history, back into the early hundreds after Jesus. There were people who gave up their faith. They were willing to be burned at the stake, thrown to the wild animals, have all their goods taken away, be tortured. And they said, I will not give up my Lord and Savior because they had perseverance, determination. So the first question is, what good thing or, or nice tempting thing could the devil give you to turn you away? The second thing is what bad thing could happen to you that would turn you away? And if you say there is nothing, I am for God, no matter how bad it gets, then you will have determination and you will persevere. And the third question is what bad thing could somebody else do, a sin, could a Christian do that would cause you to turn away? You see, sometimes we look up at our leaders or Christian brothers and sisters, or even our family members, and we say, oh, look, they, they fell, they sinned, they, they were a hypocrite, they didn't do what they should have done, they didn't show Christ fully, and some people fall away because of that. Or it may even be yourself, where you can't forgive yourself for something you've done. And if you say, it doesn't matter what anyone else does, how anyone else fails, or even how I fail, I will not give up. Then you have determination, perseverance, and you will reach the end. Proverbs 24 says, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up again. But the, the ones who are lost do not get up again. The key is saying, I'm going to get up again. So we've seen the, the progress, there's the desire, there are the details of how to do it. There's the decision that I'm going to serve God. There's the determination to keep going. And then he goes on to say, and add to perseverance, godliness. And now suddenly what happens is all of that goodness and life and power of God that God put inside of you when you believed, the power of God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you, that amazing working energy power to make you will and do according to God's good pleasure. That power has been bubbling up to the surface. Your desires have been changed. Your mind has been renewed. Your will and your decision-making ability has been sanctified and changed for God. Your determination and saying, I will persevere to the very end has been changing. And it's all under the surface, but suddenly it breaks out and we have godliness and other people see you being like Jesus. They see your responses to hardship being gracious and determined and saying, I will have integrity. I won't sin no matter how much others sin against me. They see you handling adversity. They see you doing things for the Lord, even though you could be doing things for your own pleasure. They see a change in you. They see a light and a life coming out of your 
your face. They see a joy. They see a purpose. They see a peace. And that is godliness. That is living like God. And that is living for God. And so he says, and add to your perseverance godliness. And then the last two, he says, to godliness add brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. And this is now where suddenly the last two are dealing with other people. The first ones have all been dealing with this power and life that God's put in me, changing me until it breaks out in godliness and others can see God in me at the end of a long process. But then the last two, brotherly kindness and love, are how we now interact with other people and we touch other people's lives with the love that God has put in us. And then he goes on to say, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is an end product, an end result of entering abundantly into heaven, of never stumbling, of being fruitful and effective for Christ, of changing the world, of having life and peace within us, but it comes at the end of a process and the, an important step in that process is godliness. Godliness, godliness, shining Jesus. Let me read you a few verses about godliness that will help you to understand how important this beautiful thing is. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says, The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God has appeared to all men. Everybody has received some inkling of this grace that brings salvation. God has drawn. Jesus said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Not all men have received it, but it has appeared to all. But then it goes on to show us whether we've received it. It says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. The end result of this salvation grace is godly living. Isn't that amazing? You see, sometimes we think the end result is happiness for me, and that is a byproduct, but godly living is actually what God is working us towards. The final step in the instruction manual is a car that looks and operates well, and that is godly living. It's not happiness. There were some people, Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, some people think godliness is a way to get money. And he says, that's not the end result. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We've got to be careful we understand what the end result, what the final picture is that we're working towards. It's not just my happiness. It's not just heaven. It's me living a godly life. Do you think of your Christian life in that way? Do you see the end result being just making you feel better. Because if you do, you've missed the instruction list somewhere along the line. Godliness, being like Jesus. Let me read you another verse. It says, As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, 
be holy for I am holy. God wants us to be like him, holiness, separateness, being different from the world. There are some amazing verses about this. Let me read you a couple of them. 1 John 2 verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Friend, if, if we're going to be godly, there has to be a separateness, a separating of ourselves from the things that the rest of the world loves, runs after, gets joy and excitement from. We have to say we have a different goal. We Our eyes are fixed on different things and we have a different set of values. And the Bible says if we love the world, the same things that the world loves, if we are absorbed by what the world is absorbed by, then the love of the Father is not in us. We have a higher standard and a higher goal. And I'm praying that you get that. So we're looking at what godliness is. He says, holiness, be holy for I am holy. Hebrews 12 verse 14 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. There is this thing of Without holiness, we won't see the Lord, but with holiness, we will see the Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, Jesus said in Matthew 5. When we have this purity, this holiness, when God's goodness within us has worked itself out through my emotions, my mind, my will, my perseverance, and after a long period of ups and downs and sticking at it, godliness pops out. I become more and more like Jesus, but... I see God. I see him. I'm, I'm in closer fellowship with him. I hear his voice better. I walk with him. I sense what he's telling me to do. Romans 12 verse 2 says, We transform by the renewing of your mind. Then we can prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We know what God's will is in situations because our heart and our mind and our will have been changed. Godliness produces this holiness, which means we are closer to God in our experience, we walk with him, we talk with him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, David says in the Psalms. There's a beauty in holiness where we, we love him and it makes us holy. We love his holiness, but then we're in closer fellowship with him. There is also um, a, a corollary, a, a flip side to this, that if I am not living more and more like Jesus, then I have to say maybe there's something wrong with my Christian faith because there were some people who acted godly and pretended to be Christians in Paul's day, but they weren't. And he says that uh, they had a form of godliness, but denying its power from such people turn away. And it's possible for us to go through the motions and act godly, a bit like a Christmas tree, which has baubles and decorations on it, and it looks like a, a lovely tree, but it has no root. There's no life in it. It's not truly alive. And we can act godly and go through the motions, but there's none of the power of God within us. And the way we can tell is, am I becoming more and more like Jesus? 1 John 3 verse 6 says, No one who lives in him keeps on sinning, no one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Now, that's not saying you become instantly perfect and sinless and you never sin again. What it's saying is, are you continuing in a pattern of sin or are you getting more and more victory over sin? 
does sin completely enslave you and there's been no change in a, an area of sin in your life. And one of the big ones about this, um, which I, I must address, is our culture tells us that it's okay for a man and a woman to sleep together before they're married and maybe to cohabit and live together before they're married. And what we see is people who say, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, I believe in him, I, I'm going to heaven, but I'm living with my girlfriend or boyfriend or I'm, I'm sleeping with them from time to time and there's nothing wrong with it. And this verse says, if we continue in sin, if there's no desire in us to change and become more like Jesus, to say, no, let's move out until we're married. Let's not sleep together until we're married. And there's many other things. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a lying habit. Maybe it's your temper. Maybe it's um, stealing little things here or there. Whatever it is. Maybe um, you manipulate people. You're prideful. Whatever, whatever your problem is, if it's not getting better and better, you have to say, Maybe I've just pretended to be godly because if there's real godliness in me, I will become more and more like Jesus. And then lastly, perseverance. A righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep going. It's a long road. It's a marathon. And you will fall many, many, many times, but you've got to keep getting up. And maybe you're one of those who has fallen and you've stayed down. And I'm here to tell you today, get up. Get up, my friend. Your race is not finished. Until your dying breath, you can still get up. You can turn back to God. He runs to you with open arms. He clasps you. He puts a robe on you. He puts a ring on your finger, sandals on your feet. He kills the fatted calf and we have a party and he helps you on. And I'm saying to you, let's not stop running, running, running towards godliness. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've called us, that you've already given us inside us everything we need for life and godliness. Thank you that godliness is your plan for my life. The end result is for me to act and live like you. And so, Lord, I thank you that I'm working with you as I get up again, as I start running again towards godliness, as I change my mind and my emotions and my will, as I keep on keeping on, I thank you, God, that you are walking with me and helping me towards godliness, that you started a good work and you will bring it to completion in my life. And Lord, now I choose to separate myself from the world, to get rid of those things that would entangle me and trip me up. And Lord, I choose to run with perseverance this race that you have set before me. Friend, if you have sinned and you're feeling so guilty, I want to tell you 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous or just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if you confess now and you say sorry, he cleanses you completely and he starts you again on the process. You have everything in you for life and godliness. You have the power, the love, the peace, the righteousness of God in you. Start worshiping Him. Start letting it work itself out in your life and you will see the results. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.